Columbus cop shoots girl, but saves life of another girl. I'll give you my take. Manhattan DA says, I'm no longer prosecuting prostitution cases. Speaking of which, May 1st, big, big day in Nevada. I'll tell you about that. And Greta Thunberg, the little climate activist, gives an ultimatum to members of Congress. And Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett fits right into the Washington, D.C. swamp, signing a mega book deal. It reeks. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame, but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night, it is always the absolute perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. In fact, you can even hear Pendragon's Royal Baron, my security detail, barking in agreement. Camacho, strength and character, it's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations. It is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male-in-chief, and I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your home for alpha male conversational maneuvers and unabashed commentary. Sometimes politically correct. In fact, most of the time politically incorrect because we have no censors, we have no filters, we give it to you straight up. Well, as you could hear, even my canine, Pendragon's Royal Baron, even loves Camacho cigars and loves cigars and loves the alpha male lifestyle. Now, let's talk about what took place in Columbus. On the heels of the Derek Chauvin jury verdict, guilty. And my feeling on that very quickly, as uh, I have stated from the get-go, there was absolutely no reason for Officer Chauvin to continue to keep his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine, ten minutes, however long it was. George Floyd, let's, let's make it very clear, was absolutely no saint. He had more fentanyl in his system and other nonsense in, in, his, in his system where how this guy was even breathing to begin with is a, a, a medical miracle. But under no circumstances, when a guy is down, he's handcuffed, he is subdued, lay him up on the curb, let him sit up, but there is absolutely no reason, and shame on those other three cops for not interjecting and saying, hey, Derek, back off. Not one. That in and of itself is pathetic. I heard people saying, well, they were new. They didn't want to cause a scene. They didn't want to, they didn't want to get into his, his, into his face. They didn't want to, they didn't want to uh, uh, jump their authority. Please, please. How many of them do you think today would say, if only I would have gone to him and said, hey, back off. And you can do so quietly. You go right up to him and say in his ear, Derek, take the knee off. Enough's enough. Okay, we got him enough. There's no question that Derek Chauvin and many other cops in this country, now it's the, not the majority, 
But there is a significant percentage. Is it 3%? Is it 5%? Is it 10%? I don't know the percentage. But whatever the percentage is, they are psychopaths. They're on a power trip. They're on a big fee. I mean, you see these guys. You see a lot of these cops today. They wear shirts that are two sizes too small. They're, they're raged up on testosterone. The muscles are bulging. I've seen it here in Tampa where Bold Alpha and the Cigar Dave Show podcast originate from. I've seen it here. I've experienced it here. In, in, uh, in my uh, where Bold Alpha is headquartered and the Cigar Dave Show are worldwide headquarters, Command Center Alpha, where a cop was sitting there and doing side. I'm just kind of looking. He was, he was there for a long time, and I went up to him as I was leaving Bold Alpha headquarters, and I said, hey, is there something going on? He said, it doesn't concern you. And I looked at him and I said, well, I was asking politely. I said, actually, it does because you're technically on the property where my office is. So is there something I should be aware of? This guy was giving me lip. Now, police are in the customer service business. You may not think that, but they absolutely are. Their customer service is to protect the public, not to be rude, not to be surly, not to be snarly, not to be roid raged up. When somebody asks a question, the answer should be, no, we're just sitting here or doing a report, or no, nah, we've got something going on, I can't discuss it. There is no question this guy was roid raged up. He had more testosterone that he injected in his system. And you've seen guys like that. You've seen guys like that where they're, their, their blood vessels in their forehead and in their arms are bulging out. And here's the, the secret truth. The police chiefs, the police supervisors, the fellow officers know who these guys are. They know who the problem children are, but they don't address it. And they better wake the hell up and address it. You've got a guy that's a bad apple, you better weed him out. And same for the police unions. Don't protect these clowns. Get rid of them. These are the problems. Now, a guy that wasn't a problem is the officer in Columbus, Ohio. A 911 call comes in late afternoon with a woman saying that there's a woman trying to stab us. Get police here immediately. Get them here now. So the officer comes out, gets there within a few minutes, and he sees that there are there's a girl with wielding a knife going after people who are unarmed. And in fact, when you look at the footage, I'm looking at the footage, the, the initial footage that you see from the officer's chest camera, body cam, you can see the one girl, the Makia Bryant, 16-year-old Makia Bryant with a knife. But it does. you can see that she's taking the knife and look, looks like she's lunging for the other girl. And by the way, another girl who is black looking to stab her. But when you look from the body camera footage, it doesn't seem like the knife is very high. You think it's almost maybe at like shoulder level. There is footage that was released belonging to a neighbor across the street, initially reported by the Columbus Dispatch. And you can see in that video, it is clear that Makia Bryant had that knife above her shoulders and was going right for the neck. She would have killed this other girl. In fact, during the altercation, one of the people filmed yells, I'm going to stab the fuck out of you, bitch. 
that was the moment that Bryant was filming, was filmed attacking the girl with a knife. Now, it's unclear from the footage if it was Bryant who said those words. However, she had the knife in her hand. The officer comes in from the time he got there until the time he shot nine seconds. This thing was escalating like crazy. So the first thing he sees is a woman with a knife, a girl with a knife, wielding this. And she was not a thin little woman. She, she didn't weigh 80 pounds. She was hefty. She's going after this other girl who's unarmed on the ground, then turns around and tries to stab this other girl in pink, another black girl. So the officer has two choices. Number one, he can prevent a girl from being killed. So he shoots Makia Bryant. People said, well, why didn't he use his taser? Well, everything's happening so quick, I don't think he could have gotten close enough for that taser. And there's no guarantee that if he used that taser, that it would have worked. I hear other people, specifically Joyless Behar on The View, saying, well, why didn't he just get in the middle of it? Why didn't he just shoot her, her leg, fire a warning shot in the air? This shit is happening in super, this isn't happening in slow motion time. This is happening in real time. You think that officer, when he got out, the first thing he came in is, hey, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, this thing just erupts. Now, of course, the first thing we hear from all these black activists, BLM, another black girl killed innocently. Another black child is murdered by police. Well, when you look at the video, it's very apparent this officer saved the life of the unarmed black girl. Now, here's exactly what would have happened if the officer did not shoot Makia Bryant and allowed Makia Bryant to stab and potentially kill the other girl. Let's say Makia Bryant stabs the other girl, gets her in the neck. Right off the bat, girl bleeds out. You would have had BLM and everybody else second-guessing, saying, that police officer didn't care about black lives, didn't care about that black girl's life because he let that other girl stab her to death and didn't do anything. No matter what this cop did, he was in a no-win situation. You shoot Makia Bryan and save the one other black girl's life, he's evil. If he allows Makia Bryant to stab the other girl and kill her, He's in a no-win situation. Now, we always hear people saying, we need to have a serious conversation, an honest conversation about race. Well, let's do it. The problem is you won't hear it on terrestrial radio because the reality is that broadcast executives are chicken shits. They'll tell their talent, yes, talk about the events of the day. But when they do and the slightest hint of controversy arrives... These chicken shit broadcast executives, both TV and radio, will immediately fire the, fire the talent, the host, the presenter, as they say in Britain, as Mick the Brit would say. They immediately fire the presenter and say, well, we can't have that. We see it all the time. Now, do people make mistakes? Do people go over the line? Social media post? Absolutely. There is a broadcaster, a presenter, a host at KFAB in... Uh, Sergeant Steve, that's what? KFAB's in Omaha, isn't it? Correct. 
Okay, Omaha. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what happened. He posted something, and there was some meme or were there some cartoon. Was that the case, Sergeant Steve? I think, actually, going back to your broadcast days, you hired him when mm-hmm. you were program director of the Minneapolis FM talk station. That's correct. correct. Yeah, he, so he, uh, in the middle of doing his on-air show and everything else, uh, the Chauvin verdict came down. He put a post up saying guilty, then looked for a picture of people celebrating, and he clicked the wrong one with his thumb. And posted it, and um, some people said it's racist, and he immediately, or as quick as he could, pulled it down. Uh, He even let management know that it happened, and then they fired him the next day. Who who owns KFAB? Let me guess. iHeart. That's correct. Yeah. I dipshits. That's the reality. Steve and I both, Sergeant Steve and I both spent, well, we know iHeart intimately. Let's just say, say it that way. And uh, Bob Pittman, who runs iHeart, uh, and let's let's just say that talk about no balls at the top. Uh, this would not have happened if broadcast executives from years past would have said, "Okay, you know what? You made a mistake. Here's what we're going to do. You got to apologize. It was a mistake. Got to come on the air and say it's wrong. We're going to suspend you for a couple of days. We're not going to destroy your life. We're not going to destroy your career. We're not going to fire you. That's that's what would have happened." In the reasonable days. Today, no. They got to destroy the guy. And that's exactly what they did. So they fired him. And this is the problem today. People say, well, we need to have an honest discussion about race. And when you do, you're deemed a racist because your opinions may be controversial, because you tell the truth. Look, the fact is Barack Obama, who is half black, Barack Obama would be considered a racist. Why? He came straight out and said, we've got a problem in the black family, in the black community. We've got too many kids that don't have fathers, fathers that have left the house, that don't take responsibility. Too many of our kids in the black community are being raised in single-family households. And he's right. Bill Cosby said it before Bill Cosby was, got involved in the Me Too and, uh, movement and, and, and was thrown in the slammer. But people that tell the truth are then deemed racist. Well, I don't give a shit if you want to deem me racist for telling the truth. But here's the truth. This girl, Makia Bryant, was said to be a gentle girl. Her mother came out and said that she was a loving 16-year-old girl. Maybe she was. Mother said she was talented, she was smart, she was funny. Okay, maybe she was. But she also had a knife. If a white person had this, did the same thing and was attacking another white person, you think the cop would have done the same thing? You damn better believe it. Now, here's what I don't understand about this. The girl's mother, Paula Bryant, was not, or the daughter was not living with the mother. The girl was in foster care. Nobody seemed to have explained that, have not heard that. So that's something that I would like to look into. And the mother looks relatively young. So I have no clue why this girl was living in foster care. And nobody's answered that question. But we hear people all the time saying, we need to have a conversation about race. The reality is, we see a lot of the black, primarily men, boys, men, who when they're stopped, for example, Dante, Everybody's saying Dante is just such an angel. Dante was wanted on a 
I believe a felony. Uh, what was he wanted on? It was a felony aggravated assault charge with a weapon. I believe that's the case. A few weeks before, and he had a rap sheet. But meanwhile, he was a great kid. He was a wonderful boy. Where were his parents in this whole deal? And by the way, he'd be alive today if he allowed the police to arrest him. And he didn't. He look. He knew damn well he didn't want to go to the slammer because he knew he was going to be in the in the you know in the uh, in the hokey for a while because of what he was wanted on. He wasn't he wasn't ignorant to that fact. So people look and say, "Well, it's the cops' fault." Well. Sooner or later, you got to start looking and taking responsibility. At what point do you look in the mirror and say, maybe it's not the cop's fault. Maybe it's the fact that we've got a big issue in our own community. Now, I know people don't want to hear it. The Black Lives Matter people don't want to hear it. Jesse Jackson doesn't want to hear it. Al Sharpton, the Libstream media doesn't want to hear it. And remember one thing, the last thing that BLM the Libstream Media, Al Sharpton, or Jesse Jackson want is racial harmony. They don't want blacks as a whole to succeed. Why? Because then they lose their power structure. They lose their soapbox. If everybody gets along and there's perfect racial harmony, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, BLM are out of business. And remember, it is business. We saw Al Sharpton on social media. I think it was on Twitter. Somebody took a video of him walking behind him, boarding a private jet, a Hawker 800. Great airplane. Going from New York to Minneapolis for closing arguments. Now, who paid for that? Al Sharpton still owes the IRS back taxes. You tell me who paid for that. So if anybody says, well, this isn't about business, this is really about about fighting for racial equality. No, it's not. That's a load of bullshit. And unfortunately, too many people in the black community are falling for it. Benjamin Crump, the attorney who you see at all these various supposedly race-inspired crimes, standing up and saying, we need justice, and I'm going to fight. Okay, great. Well, if anybody wants to know who really bankrolls Benjamin Crump, do some research. There's a much bigger white law firm, one of the large, probably the largest law firm, ambulance chaser firms in the country. I believe they are the largest personal injury firm based in Orlando. Do some research and you'll find out. You think Benjamin Crump flies to all these places, private planes and gets there immediately? Who do you think, you think anybody's paying him? No, 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 no. He sues and on that 40, what, what I think, Sergeant Steve, what was on that, on the uh, George Floyd settlement? Wasn't that, was that 27 million or was it 47 million? I think 27 million. 27 million. Do you know who's going to get a third of that? Ben Crump and his partner in Orlando, his white silent partner in Orlando. All right? So on $27 million, they are going to get almost $8 bucks. Not bad 
for a couple hours standing in front of the camera proclaiming injustice. And it was. But the reality is these guys are all out of business. If blacks and whites and Asians, everybody gets along. Now, if they really wanted to do something constructive, how about looking into their own community and saying, we have got to end births out of wedlock. We've got to end this nonsense where fathers abandon their kids. We must, if we really want to change the trajectory of our black youth and get them out of poverty, we must fight for great education, allow parents, black parents to send their kids to private schools, parochial schools of their choice with a voucher. Now, 90-plus percent of black parents want that. They want to send their kids and break the cycle of poverty. Who doesn't want it? The Democrats, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, the Ben Crumps. Why? Very simple. They want to keep the black community down, impoverished, uneducated, and beholden to those clowns, to the Jacksons, the Sharptons, the Crumps, and to the Democrats. Because if you really want and are seriously concerned about the plight of black youth and the plight of black poverty and breaking poverty, education is the road out. Yet the Democrats are against sending those kids to the school of their choice. Just do the math, my friends, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. It's all about the dollars. And on this, Makia Bryant, the cop did the right thing. And initially, you had LeBron James saying, your turn next, with a picture of the cop. Not even seeing the video. Not even waiting to see what's going on. What's interesting is you had people saying, oh, we're going to start protesting immediately. But then all of a sudden, when the video came out, and you saw it from all different angles, people even in the black community had a different, were singing a different tune, saying, you know what? Cop did the right thing. This girl had a knife. And if it was one of their daughters that were on the other end of possibly getting attacked and killed, you better believe they'd want a police officer, whether he was white or black or Asian or any denomination or any ethnicity, protecting the unarmed girl. So they all jump to conclusions, and they're all saying, oh, he could have done this, could have done that. Nine seconds, folks. That is the difference. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect, medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade-grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha, visit GurkhaCigars.com. Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. has now announced that they would no longer prosecute prostitution and unlicensed massage parlors 
really going with the trend that we're seeing across the country. And I've stated all along that prostitution, sex for cash should absolutely be legal. People say, well, wait a minute. I never pay for sex. And I say, are you married? And they say, yes. I said, trust me, you're paying more for sex than anyone else, any way you look at it. And I love the uh, when, when Charlie Sheen was busted and there's some trial on prostitution and they said, the prosecutor said in court, well, isn't it not true you paid for sex? And he said, no. And the prosecutor said, well, yes, it is. You did pay for sex. He said, no, I've never paid for sex. I pay them to leave. Point taken. You pay them to leave. No hassles. No, will you buy me dinner? As Andrew Dice claims to say, can we cuddle? Bottom line, we're wasting police resources on prostitution. Now, they say that they are going to drop. They've got all these cases, over 1,000 cases, that they've asked the courts to drop. But here's what's interesting. The office of the district attorney in New York, in Manhattan, is going to continue prosecuting other crimes related to prostitution, including uh, promoting prostitution, so they're going after pimps, and those people that are patronizing sex workers. So let me get this straight. If a guy goes to a hot dame and she says, listen, I will give you the best blowjoy you've ever had for 100 bucks or 200 bucks or 50 bucks or 500, whatever it is, and there's a cop that sees this, sees the transaction. She gets off, but the guy who's paying for the service or product in this case would be arrested. That makes no sense to me. It is high time we legalize prostitution. We're talking about legalizing marijuana in this country. It's time we legalize prostitution. Speaking of which, Nevada. One of my old buddies, fellow cigar connoisseur, knew him for a long time, Dennis Huff, the owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch just outside of Reno. Wonderful guy. I've known him for a long time. I used to get him into the cigar retailers conventions. I would see him when he would uh, visit down in Florida. Passed away a number of years ago. Great guy. Great guy. Fun guy. Owned the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. You saw him on Cat House on HBO. You'd see him on Howard Stern. I've had him on the Cigar Dave Show many times. Well, prostitution is legal in certain counties in Nevada. It's not in, in Las Vegas, but in the outskirts of Nevada, in Carson City, outside of Reno, brothels are legal. And as he would say, there's nothing wrong with it. And he was right. Men come in. They want to have a good time. They want to party a little bit. They want some pleasure maneuvers with happy ending. It's good for the men. The women make money. And Dennis ran his business straight as an arrow. Paid all his taxes. The IRS, he said, would come in. They stopped coming in because he said we had everything and we always paid. We didn't play any games. Well, good news in Nevada. Because brothels, which have been closed... For pleasure maneuvers, since March 2020, during the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, when the epidemic began, all non-essential businesses, including brothels, although we could make the case brothels are essential, especially for stress relief. Well, good news, May 1st, they are opening up after 14 months. And here's what's amazing. All the brothels are booked 
for the entire month of May. I mean, I guess they're going to take some walk-in traffic, but it's like going to see your doctor. you got to have an appointment months in advance. And during the pandemic, what's interesting is the only fan site where, where users can charge members for X-rated photos, videos, it grew 900% between December 2019 and December 2020, with most of that occurring after March. People have needs. Men had needs. Need a stress relief. Need a happy ending. So, as of May 1st, if you are looking for pleasure maneuvers where you pay for the dame to leave, not to stay, good news. Head out to Nevada. Do a, do a search for Nevada brothels, and they'll all come up. And, in fact, Dennis Huff's Moonlight Bunny Ranch, amongst the most famous. And uh, Dennis was a great guy. A lot of fun. Loves cigars. Loves spirits. And I will never forget when I was in Miami for the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention. Uh, this was, I think, uh, 2000, it was 2017, 2016, something along those lines. And he brought Cammy. He brought his little chickadee Cammy. In fact, wait, I want to find, the quote was so outstanding that I had to actually, I had to write this down. Here we go. Let's see. Wait a minute. Got to find it here. It is in my notes, in my in my phone here. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Let me find it because it was such an outstanding quote that I must share it with you. And by the way, it is definitely R and X rated. And I'm going to find it here. Wait a minute because I do have it. She stated it and it was so... Uh, here we go. Here we go. Cammy from the Bunny Ranch. And I think Cammy at the time was like 20. Dennis is, I don't know, 60 banging little Cammy. He brought like three girls and they were all over him. They were having a good time. And Cammy and I were having, I was having a drink. Cammy and I were talking and I have no idea how we got into this, but she gave me the quote probably of a lifetime. And she said, a woman's pussy is not for a woman to give. It's for a man to take. Boom. Now, of course we could have the hashtag me too movement jumping all over that, saying, oh, you're talking about violence towards women. No, we are not. I'm simply quoting, for educational purposes only, what Cammy from the Bunny Ranch had to say. A woman's pussy is not for a woman to give. It is for a man to take. And as Laura Korn, who has written 101 Nights of Great Romance, 101 Nights of Great Sex, has stated many times that if you I think she said, if you make love to a woman's mind or a woman's heart, her pussy will follow. I think that's what she said, something along those lines. So we're not saying be violent. We're talking about the romance part, where if you properly romance a woman, the rest will follow. Just a bit of, just a nugget, an educational nugget I throw out there, thanks to the great philosopher Cammy from the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. So good news for those of you that have built up stress needs or built up stress and need some relief, head out to Nevada to one of the brothels May 1st, and you will enjoy horizontal pleasure maneuvers. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild, 
Yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras, Authentic Orojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon, or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Climate activist Greta Thunberg. Remember the girl that said, how dare you? How dare you all destroy the world? I'm just a little girl. How dare you? The the world will be dead in nine years and destroyed. Oh, please. We've been hearing that for 40, 50 years. And she's a Swedish teen climate activist. You will recall that she wouldn't take an airplane over from Sweden initially when she was making her rounds in the U.S. a few years ago and attending a United Nations Climate Change Summit in 2019, refused to fly. Instead, she traveled in a sailboat made in part from fossil fuel products, but it was a sailboat, so consequently she said, it's all good because it's wind that powered my voyage. I don't know how the hell long it took her, but of course when she went to fly or went to go back to Sweden... Did she take the sailboat back? Oh, no. She flew, but of course, her parents and her handlers said, but we bought appropriate carbon offsets. That's the little bullshit excuse they all like to use. Well, we bought offsets. John Kerry, oh, no, I fly privately, but I buy offsets. Bill Gates, same thing. Oh, I I fly my planes all over the world. I burn way too much carbon, carbon fossil fuels, but I buy carbon offsets. That's the bullshit that we hear. Well, Greta Thunberg was uh, testifying remotely before members of Congress at a House Committee on Oversight and Reform Subcommittee on the Environment Thursday, telling representatives they won't get away with ignoring the so-called climate crisis. Let's listen to what Greta Thunberg had to say. I know I'm not the one who's supposed to ask questions here, but there is something I really do wonder. How long do you honestly believe that people in power like you will get away with it? How long do you think you can continue to ignore the climate crisis, the global aspect of equity and historic emissions without being held accountable? You get away with it now, but sooner or later, people are going to realize what you have been doing all this time. That's inevitable. You still have time to do the right thing and to save your legacies. But that window of time is not going to last for long. What happens then? We, the young people, are the ones who are going to write about you in the history books. We are the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. So my advice for you is to choose wisely. Thank you. I love the threat that Greta Thunberg throws out to the members of Congress. Choose wisely. And if they don't, what's she going to do? Come over with some Swedish meatballs and hurl them at the members of the, uh, the subcommittee? 
Now, her entire speech, of course, was written, and she's very theatrical. She's a wonderful thespian. How dare you? We, the young people, are the ones who are going to write about you in history books. Ooh, I'm sure they're all afraid. We're the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. So my advice to you is choose wisely, or I will come over, and I will start shooting Swedish meatballs at you all. I mean, the hearing focused on how tax benefits to fossil fuel companies are hampering the fight against climate change and should be abolished. This is, the climate change is nothing but a massive hoax. It is all about wealth redistribution. 50 years ago, 40 years ago, we heard, if we don't do anything, the earth will be gone. By nine, I remember Al Gore, 1980. If we don't do anything, by the year 2000, the ice caps will melt and the earth will be with, have the flu and we will all be vaporized to death. Well, 2000 came around. If we don't do anything by the year 2010, and then if we don't do anything by the year 2020, we hear the same regurgitated puke every single year year. And as I have stated to you, the Libstream media loves to just play along with the Greta Thunbergs. And now there's another Mexican girl that came out yesterday, or a couple, I think it was a couple of days ago or yesterday. Same thing, that this is climate change is social justice change. They're not trying to equate it with social justice. Now, if there is such a climate change problem, if it was so, so necessary that this country, this world would be melting in five years, ten years, and would be on the verge of destruction, I would assume that every one of these Hollywood liberals that jumps up and down about climate change would stop flying in their private jets. But they're not. John Kerry special climate czar to the White House. Unelected position, of course. Un, 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 uh, not, not, uh, it was appointed, but didn't have to get Senate approval. Traveling around the world in his private golf stream, or should I say his wife's private golf stream, and when asked, he said, but I, it requires me because I have to be in places and, and it's important. Oh, it's okay for him, but not for everyone else. Barack Obama repeatedly stated that our coastal cities will be underwater in the next 10 years because of rising sea levels caused by climate change. Yet, last summer, he drops $14 million on a Martha's Vineyard estate on the water at sea level. So I ask, how concerned is he about rising sea levels? He's not. John Kerry is not. Greta Thunberg is not. This is all about, this is a Ponzi scheme. This is nothing more than wealth transfer. It's all about the money. Remember that. Follow the money. Al Gore, Mr. The Earth Has Got the Flu, Mr. I Invented the Internet, Mr. We're Going to Have a Lockbox for Social Security, Mr. I'm Full of Shit, Mr. I Have Lined My Pockets the Last 25 Years, so I'm now worth several hundred million dollars. It's nothing more about wealth transfer. And we've talked about Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi head of propaganda, who stated that if you tell a lie often enough, people will believe it to be the truth. 
For 40 years, we've been hearing the same lie over and over. Climate change is going to destroy the world. Climate change is a problem that we must deal with immediately. The clock is ticking on the world. Climate change. And when somebody tells you the science is absolute, you know they're full of bullshit. And we hear that all the time. The science is in. The science is absolute. There's no debate. Now, here's the thing. If somebody tells me or I make a statement saying, look, I believe in this position, I have no problem debating people anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Yet these climate change activists, whenever you want to debate, engage in debate or engage in facts, they shut you down immediately saying, the science has already decided there is no debate. I'm not even going to debate it. It's already decided. Scientists have been saying, saying this for 20 years. The science is, is proven. It's done. When they tell you that, what they're really telling you is, we can't back up our position. We can't defend our position. So therefore, we will not debate or argue with you. We're just going to simply state, once again, repeat the lie, the science is clear, it's been decided. No, it has not. And when you have legitimate scientists and meteorologists saying, this is not the case, they immediately try to, to smear them, slam them, defame them because their argument doesn't hold water. Their argument is full, uh, filled with fraud. And here we have little Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, that everyone says, oh, she's so cute. Well, now that she's above 18 and she's going to be 20 before you know it, she's not going to be that cute little child anymore. And there's no question that her parents have used her. This girl has all sorts of psychological and mental problems, and they have paraded her out. They have used her, and her parents have cashed in. Make no mistake. It's all about the money. It is all about wealth transfer. That is the bottom line. President Donald J. Trump appointed Amy Coney Barrett to be a Supreme Court justice. She was ratified by the Senate, and she assumed office, took her spot on the Supreme Court in the fall of 2020. It didn't take Justice Amy Coney Barrett long to fit right into the Washington, D.C. swamp and become a snake. Latest example of Washington swamp scumbag politics Coney Barrett has just signed a $2 million book deal. Now, the book deal in and of itself is not illegal. However, legal experts are saying the size and timing create very bad optics, and I have to absolutely agree. She just joined the court six months ago. She's got two majority opinions to her name, and now all of a sudden... She's getting a $2 million book deal, a book advance. Now, she's saying that the project won't detract from her focus on her judicial duties. She may be correct on that. But I want you to remember one thing. A Supreme Court justice is not a pauper. They're paid a quarter of a million dollars per year. They get all the great government health benefits. They get loads of vacation time. And when she retires down the road, she will have a fully funded pension, not a 401k, a fully funded pension that will probably pay her in excess of two hundred grand a year. 
but now she wants she's she's needs a two million dollar book deal. That is extremely problematic. Clarence Thomas received $1.5 million for his 2007 memoir. Justice Sonia Sotomayor received just under $1.2 million for her memoir published in 2013. Both books became bestsellers. But they were on the court for a while. Now, do I think it's swampy and it's, it's, it's skeezy? You're damn right. It is bad optics any way you look at it. Of course, Coney Barrett declined to comment on this $2 million swamp rat deal. The question is, was there some sort of, is there some sort of hidden agenda? Because let's face it, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch haven't gotten book deals. Why is that? Well, because they are established conservatives. My feeling and my belief is that the book publishers who slant liberal all the New York book publishers, they do have a liberal slant, may feel that if we butter up to Amy Coney Barrett, sign her to this $2 million book deal, she'll see, hey, this is a pretty good gig. I want to stay on the right side of these guys. Maybe she'll be able to be the swing vote. Maybe she'll, she'll be a moderate. She'll, te- she'll temper her conservative opinions. Time will tell. Now, is there fact that that's the case? No. Is it a possibility? Is it likelihood? Absolutely. Remember, once these justices and once politicians get into the Washington swamp, they all want to be invited to the parties. They all want to be invited to the social gatherings. They want to be able to join the right clubs. Because once they get in within that beltway, they're in another world. They're in a world that puts themselves on pedestals and looks at the rest of the country as beneath them. You're just the peons. We are the elite. We are the establishment. We are the Washington elite. We're the ones that guide the country. Mark my words, the best thing that could happen to the Supreme Court is moving it out of Washington. Move it to the Midwest. Move it to Omaha. Move it to Kansas City. Move it to Tulsa. Move it somewhere out of Washington. Because once they get into the Washington swamp, they are forever changed and they are forever tarnished. But a $2 million book deal for a justice who just took office within the last six months, it reeks. And we've always said the Washington swamp is full of slimy rats, full of snakes. And here's Exhibit A, Amy Coney Barrett, who everybody loved to uphold. She's a professor at Notre Dame with impeccable credentials and impeccable uh, personality, just Im- impeccable integrity. And yet, she doesn't have the sense to say, you know, now's not the time to do a $2 million book deal. Let's wait a couple of years. Oh, no, she's going for the cash. She's going to cash in immediately. No ifs, ands, or buts. Washington is a swamp. Justice Amy Coney Barrett is a swamp rat and a snake, and time will tell on her decisions if this was nothing more than a subtle bribe. We shall find out. Very quickly, I want to remind those of you who enjoy the alpha male lifestyle and those of you that aspire to the alpha male lifestyle, and we know that many of you enjoy spirits, enjoy great steaks, enjoy travel, and enjoy spirits, and enjoy cigars. And if you do enjoy cigars and you would like to enhance your 
cigar connoisseur stature. I have the perfect club for you to join. And it is not an elite club. It is a club where we welcome everyone. But if you're a swamp rat, we don't want you. We want alpha Americans. It is the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, we send out three cigars, three exceptional premium hand-rolled cigars to our members. And in April 2021, this month, we are featuring the PDR Cigars Portfolio Sampler. Our members should have begun receiving. They went out earlier this week, and I just received an email that the final cigars went out yesterday from PDR Cigars. We're featuring three magnificent blends from PDR under the auspices of master blender Abe Flores. First, we have the A. Flores, Gran Reserva de Florado, a superb Ecuadorian Connecticut de Florado wrapper, which is the second priming, creating a symphony of premium, medium-bodied flavors. Next up, the PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago Sungrown. That is a beautiful, approachable cigar with a bounty of spice and pepper notes. And lastly, a very exclusive cigar, the PDR Small Batch Exclusive. 20,000 of these cigars were rolled in 2014 for a European distributor. They never took delivery. Abe and his crew down in Tamboril, Dominican Republic, put them in the aging room. They forgot about them, but they kept aging year after year after year. And in late 2020, they discovered these cigars. And they said, we've got 20,000. We've got to do something with them. Let's release them. And when they're gone, they're gone. And members of our officers club will receive a PDR small batch exclusive, one of these 20,000 gems, rare gems, in their April officers club selection that comes in a Cigar Dave officers club Ziploc pouch. $22.95 per month. We give you three great cigars shipped to you every month. We've been doing it for 17 years or so, maybe 18 years. I can't even keep track. But the cigars that we have featured, creme de la creme, top of the line. And if you are looking to enhance your, your palate, sometimes you may like a mild cigar. Maybe you want a medium. Maybe you want full. Maybe you want Dominican. Maybe you want Nicaraguan. Maybe you want a Connecticut wrapper. Maybe you want a Maduro wrapper, a sun-grown we provide you an exceptional selection, and I personally oversee it to make sure we provide you the best possible cigars to enhance your cigar palate. So head over to CigarDave.com right now. Click on Officers Club for $22.95 per month. You can join and get great cigars such as our April selection of the PDR Cigars Portfolio Sampler. Go to CigarDave.com. Join now. You will thank me. As always, my fellow Alphas, Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male-in-Chief, unafraid to tackle the most controversial of topics. We are politically incorrect. As always, I extend to you my greetings and salutations. Have a fantastic weekend. Live it up. Live it up.